The strength of the earth is the stones, and the same is the source of our bones. The water flows across the ground and within our blood. The air blows around the world and brings us our breath. The fire streams forth from the sun without ceasing and sustains our lives. By these elements we are formed, and by our togetherness, the beauty of creation is expressed. So good morning, good morning all of you, and welcome to Kensington Unitarian Sunday gathering here on Zoom. Those opening words were written by Eric Williams, and it was a thanksgiving for the earth. For those of you I've not met before, I'm Sarah Tinker. Until last year, I was minister with this great congregation, and I'm still very much committed to this community and to its message of compassion, conscience, and spirituality bringing us together. A message that you can see on this church mug, which I borrowed for a while. It's good to see you all again. And I bid a warm welcome to all of those of you who might be watching uh, this, uh, this service as a YouTube video sometime in the future or listening to a podcast. There are hundreds of recordings of our past services now, so if ever you're suffering from insomnia, there's a, a way there for you to uh, deal with that. And if you are with us on Zoom this morning, well, feel free to join in at a level that's right for you. It really is fine just to sit back and switch off your video if that's more restful for you. And there's no need to join in in any active way, though there are opportunities for some people to speak and we can all sing at several points in this gathering if we want to. But as in all Unitarian gatherings, it's up to you um, what you join in with. Our theme for today is people and stone people and stone and I'll be on an exploration of how stone and humanity shape one another. But let's begin by taking a simple gentle connecting breath together in and out. And use this moment to get a sense of how we are this morning. And this chalice flame, it connects us with the worldwide community of Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists. And it's one light reminds us that we are one people living one life on our one precious earth home. The first reading this morning is called Mending the Broken World, and it's by the Reverend Kathleen McTeague. In early September, I stopped to watch my neighbor at work repairing a stone wall that lines the road perpendicular to ours. Built as all the old field walls of our region have been built, 
The stones are held by balance and judicious choice rather than by mortar. The wall was built well, but the weight of many decades has broken it here and there with some stones fallen out of place or carried away for some other use. As I warm myself in the autumn sun and watch him work, I see that about half of what he does is simply look at the stones in their haphazard piles, stroking his chin in thought. Then from time to time, he rolls one from the pile onto the ground and turns it from side to side, pondering, or walks back to study again the place in the wall he's trying to mend. When he finally makes his choice, he's sure. Each stone waits for the right opening, the place where its particular heft and shape fit as though cradled. Once in place, it is no longer merely a stone, but an essential piece of the wall, part of a larger thing taking shape as naturally as a tree flows from root to trunk to branch. My neighbor is an ordinary working man. I know his name and sometimes we talk together about life and horses and his willingness to help me haul manure to my garden one of these days before the first hard frost. But on this sunny September afternoon, as I watch his eyes and hands become familiar with each stone and then lift it to shape the wall, it's easy to imagine God at work in the immense universe, quietly humming, pulling our lives together into something strong and useful. I don't mean we're mute or helpless waiting passively for the great stonemason to lift and move our lives or tell us where we belong. I mean only that there is a place for us, that our gifts, the shape of our minds and talents, the angles of our interest and concern fit the needs of the world the way my neighbor's stones anchor themselves in the lengthening wall. I mean that the world's possibilities shift and change each time we put ourselves into building something large and strong and beautiful. Whether or not we find room in our theologies for the word God, the world itself calls us to imagine ourselves essential to this engaged holiness, bringing forth what is ours to give of creation and strength toward mending the broken world. Oh, thank you, Harold. Um, that reading, it speaks, doesn't it, of our ability to, to mend the broken world by, by being who we truly are, by accepting the shape of our talents and our concerns and finding that where they fit with others to build something large and strong and beautiful in life. So we're going to enter a time of prayer and reflection now. And I invite us all to take that image of, of building together into this time. And let's all do whatever we need to do. Let's find a 
a position that works for us to go inwards for this while. As uh, I call on the spirit of all that is to guide our living in this world, that we might do the little we can with the little we have, and by joining with others, create beauty and possibility. In a week when I suspect many of us are sorrowing, perhaps even more than usual, for the state of our world, let us think with deep compassion of those who are suffering in lands far away. The people of Afghanistan, whose plight we see through the news media and whose fate our British country has had so much involvement with. An involvement that some of us feel great shame about. And may the governments of all countries do what they can to ease the suffering of the people of Afghanistan. Let us not turn our backs. We might think too of the people of Haiti, one of the poorest places in the world, now having to deal with the aftermath of the terrible earthquake they suffered. And all those caught up in fighting in Ethiopia and, and all other places where people fight. May peace come for these people, may justice come for these people, may their right to be who they are be recognised. Our collective human life on earth has so many jagged, rocky places. May they be eased and smoothed by love and compassion and collective action. And in a few moments of stillness, I invite you, if you wish, to speak your own prayers for those suffering this day as we enter this silence together. many of us know the rocky places of our own lives, the difficulties and the burdens we carry or have to steer our way through. And we know the rocky places that our friends and family members may be experiencing. In a few moments of shared quiet, let us pray for those people or seek comfort for the difficulties we are dealing with. Rocks and stones can be barriers and burdens they can also be holders of great beauty 
and the wisdom of ancient time. Or may each of us find beauty amidst life's tough times. May we learn and grow in the episodes when we stumble or stub our metaphorical toes on some blockage we have come up against. And if life is hard and rock-like for you right now, may some counterbalancing softness touch you this day. Or may you discover the sturdiness beneath your feet and in your heart. And to this aspiration we can all say, if we so wish, Amen. So may it be. So that leads us into our first hymn now. It, it's one, I know some people really appreciate it. It's called What Wondrous Love. Um, it comes from the American folk hymn tradition. And there's a line that goes, when I, when I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down, friends to me rallied round. If you find yourself sinking down in the weeks ahead, do shout out to others. Or if you're doing okay in life at the moment, spare a thought for those who might not be having such a good time. We're in this together. The words will appear on our screens and we'll all be muted. So feel free to sing out loud or hum along or just sit back and listen, whatever feels right for you.
That's such a favourite hymn of mine, and I forgot to say that that recording came from one of our own services, so that might be some of you rustling and coughing in, in that recording. Very real. We've, we've reached the meditative part of uh, this service now, when we'll have a good six minutes or so, the, the first part in silence, and then leading into a series of photos and some music. We've recorded a different chalice flame for us to look at today. The flame is held in a glass bowl with pebbles around it, standing on a wooden board with a marble backdrop. All these different elements brought together. And the slideshow, it shows photos of rocks and stone used in different ways by humanity or in some of their natural forms. And the music was recorded for us by Abbé Lerimier. You might want to use this meditative time to think of the rocks and stones that shape all our lives, what they mean to you, what it means to live on a planet with a molten core encased in a hard mineral, which by its very nature holds the deep history of our planet's formation and billions of years of existence. So let's uh, ready ourselves for this quiet time. Feel free to switch off your camera, lie down for a while perhaps, ease your gaze or close your eyes. And we can take one of those releasing breaths in and out, slowing our breathing and allowing it to ease and release some of the tension our bodies are really designed to hold. Let's. Let's be aware of the earth beneath us, even if we're several stories up in the air, our buildings rest upon the earth, ultimately upon the rock. Let's allow the earth beneath us to hold us steady. Let's allow the air around us and within us to lift us, helping us to straighten our spines, encouraging our shoulders perhaps to lift and roll back and down any facial tension of the cheeks and foreheads, gently releasing. Even the many tiny muscles of our feet and ankles and toes, they can enjoy a sense of release, of softening from the inside, perhaps, if that image makes sense to you. The idea of our bodies letting go for a while as we, we enter the fellowship of silence together now.
Well, thank you uh, to John Davis for putting that um, slideshow together. Um, I get the impression that quite a few of us, quite a few of you love stones just as much as I do. I, I would quite happily sit on a stony beach for hours, digging around, collecting pebbles with patterns and different shapes and colors. I have to stick to a rule now that I only take one pebble back home with me from a beach walk and uh, well, maybe a pebble and a shell. So today's theme of people and stone, it encouraged me to find my box of stones and collect some that were already out on shelves. And, and as you've seen, some of those stones are taking an active part in this service as they are with you. And I don't know if we have any geologists with us today. If so, we'll please do stay for coffee and a chat after the service today and tell us what we actually need to know because my knowledge is seriously limited. Geologists would generally speak, I think, of rock, not stone, unless it's a specific stone like limestone or millstone grit, two of my favorites. The word stone sometimes indicates that uh, humans are involved, that they've worked the rock in some way. But for us amateurs, rock and stone may be interchangeable. They both refer to a hard, dense mineral substance that is not metal. Rocks and stones, they contain the deep history of our planet. They hold a record of its formation and of the tumultuous changes the planet has gone through over billions of years. I like to imagine the people in, in years gone by who stared at cliff edge clearly showing different layers of rock, some of which turned on edge sharply, or, or some, of, some showed hard rock actually gently flowing into a layered pattern. And, and, and those people wondered how those changes could have occurred. The different strata and the finding of fossil remains within certain rocks were the clue that led to those early geologists challenging the standard religious view of, of God creating earth over, stand, over seven days. Oh, it's hard still for me to fully comprehend the great age of our planet and the minuscule amount of time that we humans have been around. And, and it's frightening too, isn't it, to realize the damage we're doing as we change the planet by our behaviors. Geolog geologists now um, speak of us as living in the Anthropocene age, don't they? The geological time in which humans are altering the planet, just as it has been altered before by natural forces, by earthquakes and volcanoes and ice ages and meteorites. If, if any of you have spent time with young children, you may know how popular dinosaurs are, how children like to collect fossils. It's a way to understand that the earth has seen many species come and go, isn't it? That, that we humans too are finite creatures here for a while. I was delighted to see that Dippy, the Diplodocus, is on tour this summer. Um, have you met Dippy? He was in the hallway, the entrance hallway of the Natural History Museum for many years now, but now, he set off on his holidays. He's on tour around Britain and he's currently in residence at Norwich Cathedral till the end of October. So you've still got time to go and visit. 
well, it's not actually the original Dippy. His fossilized bones are probably safe in a cupboard in the museum. It's only ever been a cast of his bones that's been on show. But how many youngsters and even the not so young have marveled at his great size and imagined him and so many other sizes and shapes of dinosaurs walking this earth that we now walk upon. I think that standing next to a Diplodocus skeleton puts us in our place. And it made me uh, smile really to see the combination of cathedral and dinosaur. Cathedral built, of course, of stone. It's a truly magnificent structure, showing the beauty and the complexity we humans are capable of creating. Oh, we've done such a lot, haven't we? With stone as humans, from Stone Age tools that spanned simplicity to complexity in their making, some showing such remarkably developed craft skills and determination. And we now know that many flint tools were, were made in early factories, if you like, where people gathered together where the flint was found and worked together to make weapons like arrowheads and tools to work the land. And then they would be traded for other goods. We've built stone circles and soaring cathedrals and rounded mosques. We've built prisons and homes and so much more. We've developed remarkable skills in building walls to keep animals in or feared people out. We've dug deep into the earth and quarried stone and discovered how stones have such different qualities and therefore different uses. We've dug deep mines and found deposits of precious stones that have been made into jewelry, stones that have been traded and fought over and stolen and given as gifts and worn as jewelry. The powerless to this day throw stones in their anger and frustration. We've used stones as metaphors in our writing and explored their symbolism for us. That really came across for me in the reading um, we heard from Harold earlier on. We're all as varied as those pebbles on a beach or the stones used to build a dry stone wall. Wouldn't we choose if we could to have this as a place in which we recognize each and every person for their diverse gifts and attributes and help them find their place in the world. And we've used stone to express ourselves in artwork. The final image in our slideshow, I don't know if you noticed it, but it was in, it was a black and white photograph. It was from Iceland. And it's where land artist Richard Long had created a piece of work from the local rocks, so subtle that it's hard to show where nature ends and the artist begins. They are interwoven. And perhaps that's the message today. Let us be ever aware of how we and the natural world interrelate, how we are interwoven with all that is. Oh, let's be appreciative visitors to this planet Earth that is our home. And let's regularly delve into the messages that stones bring us of deep time, of ancient history, and of forces way, way beyond our imagining.
Amen. And we have another chance to sing together now. This hymn um, is called We'll Build a Land, and it's a hymn that was sung last night at the opening worship for the week of the Hucklow Summer School Talks Online. The worship was led by our very own Jane Blackall, and she was asking the question of why we're here as Unitarians, as people of spirit. And this was our closing hymn and its emphasis on building and rebuilding really connected for me with today's theme of, of stone and people. So let's sing along or just enjoy reading the words that will appear on the screen to We'll Build a Land.
Mm, a marvellous hymn, that one, I think. So time for some announcements. Um, my great thanks go to Janine and John for all the behind the scenes work of hosting this Zoom gathering today. I keep telling everybody that writing a service is a piece of cake compared with the demands of Zoom hosting. And thanks to all of you for being here today. Um, this congregation has a life beyond Sunday mornings and we can all look out for each other. So why not reach out with a text or an email or come along to one of our other gatherings so we can get to know one another better. And um, the, an opportunity to get together on Tuesday morning for the coffee morning. And there is still time to sign up for the summer school events, the Hucklow summer school events, which are happening online again this year. The first talk is on Monday evening. You need to register for those by email. So just get in touch with Jane Blackall or I can uh, put you in touch. And then you can um, uh, watch uh, past videos of past talks and services. And you can watch the talks this week, either online or save them to watch later. And they've got a really inspiring theme for 2021. Why are we here? discerning our Unitarian mission in an upturned world. Thank you all of you who've been making donations recently or taking out a standing order. Every bit really helps in these difficult times. I know all charities and organisations are struggling. Um, there's information on the front page of our website if you'd like to make a, an online payment. And at the end of this service, after our closing music, we invite you to stay for a chat over a cuppa if you don't need to dash off. And for our closing words, I suggest we all click on gallery view on our screens if your device allows you to do that. Let's, I'll just do the same. Um, yeah, I think it's really nice to uh, see each other in community at the end of the service. And let me tell you a bit about our closing music. It's sung for us in a video by David Kent, a good friend to our congregation and a generous provider of music for Unitarian groups. And the words were written by the minister of our York congregation, Stephanie Bisbee. And they're about the village of Great Hucklow up in the Peak District, where we have a Unitarian holiday and conference centre. It's called the Nightingale Centre. And this is where the Hucklow Summer School happens each year in August if we're not in the middle of a pandemic. It's been happening since 1995 and there's an amazing resource on the Hucklow Summer School website of, I think, all the theme talks that have been given over the many years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a marvellous place and I'd like to take all of you there sometime and I'd show you the limestone walls with stones filled with tiny, fossilized sea creatures because the whole area was a tropical sea at one time and now it's the peak district so let's ready ourselves for our closing words today i extinguish the light of this chalice but not the warmth of this community May our togetherness help to warm a world that is sometimes cold and unwelcoming. May our community be open and inclusive. And when we find that life's brightness is diminishing for us, let's remember how shiny pebbles become when they're placed in water like these. We too can engage with the elements of life and remember from whence we came, 
all part of the great mystery of all that is. So go well this day and all days. Blessed be all of you and amen. Watch over the village And brooks tumble sparkling Through heather-capped hills Here where the birds dance With silver-winged gliders And kids from the city Find countryside thrills Where curious cows come and and tiny birds bathe in the rainwater pools Where blackberries ripen in autumnal hedgerows Gleaming with dewdrops like edible jewels Here where we walk through the village in darkness with lanterns reflecting the starlight above To the chapel whose stones hold a million sweet memories My voice lifts in song And my heart 